Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. First of all, I want to thank you all for uh, taking time, what I would normally say, your hectic schedules. <laughs> but now everyone's in isolation. So I suppose um, I was going to read a quick insight into each of you. But whilst we're waiting for Matt, I thought it might be best just to go around the table just to introduce yourself to anybody through the campaign that may not know who you are and where you are at the moment. Because it's going to be really mixed up, I thought, with everyone's accents, but where everyone's located at the minute. So uh, we'll start with Emma. Hey guys, Emma Barry. Uh, I live in Los Angeles um, and I am, I, I advise uh, all sorts of people in fitness now. So uh, many years with Les Mills, some years with Equinox and now I consult to boutiques uh, who are closed down, uh, clubs that are closed down, uh, budgets that are closed down, uh, fit tech startups that are quite excited in the background because most of them uh, do digital. And um, really, I just exist to help people be explosively bold, and I'm delighted to be uh, here today. Thank you so much for organising it. And let's hope that Maddie Thraxton wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, there'll be nothing to talk about. No banter. Right? I'm done? Yeah. Yeah, hi everybody. I'm, uh, I'm Dan, Dan Cohen. I'm based in Auckland, New Zealand. Program director for Les Mills International for two large programs, Les Mills Core, formerly known as CX Works, and Body Combat. And I have been in this industry uh, doing my very best to use my voice and influence to impact people's lives, their flexibility behavior, their values, their attitudes, and really just their internal representations and their beliefs. And at a time like this, what a great thing to do. Take your shirt off, Dan. Show us your core. <laughs> maybe, maybe as we start to warm up, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm Rachel. Uh, hi, guys. Um, my name is Rachel Newsham. I was born in the UK. I've been living in Auckland, New Zealand for the past 16, almost 17 years. Um, I'm part of the program director team for Les Mills International, which, which basically means we design workouts for the international business, um, mixed martial arts and dance, body combat and shabam. And um, I've been in the industry 20 years. And I, yeah, so what happened for me is I just fell in love with fitness, recognized the power of how it transformed my life as a young girl. And I was just anything I get excited or passionate about, I tell my friends if it's a movie, a song, some food, someone it's just what I do and I realize that if I make that my life it's a pretty good use of my time so yeah I'm trying to help people fall in love with fitness and transform their life amazing and uh, Tommy hey hey everybody I'm in the UK in my little bunker here and uh, what I do is well I'm a gym owner so there's a the fitness connection there um, spent most of the day opening the shutter doors, lending out dumbbells to our members so that they can do some workouts at home throughout this whole thing. Um, so it's been really sad in a way, but also really inspiring to see that they still want to come and do stuff and that we can still help them in these times too. Uh, as well as that, I, I do a little bit of speaking here and there, mostly on resilience, which is kind of topical right now. Um, so there's uh, there's a lot to 
a lot to be grateful for, I think, in these times as well. And, you know, I'm very grateful to be part of this conversation today as well, Glenn. So thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome, mate. Thanks for coming on. And lastly, Ricky. Hey, all. Um, I'm a fitness professional. I'm originally from Northern Ireland. We're currently based in Scotland. And, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about helping group fitness professionals uh, grow their, not just their fitness business, but their personal business as well. Um, and I kind of similar to, to Tommy, I've spent about the last week probably being busier than I ever have been in my life and moving not just my business kind of onto a new platform and an online platform, but a lot of my clients' businesses similar. Um, kind of that, that saying, control what you can control has been a massive part of my life in the last, last week. It's been both exciting, scary, and, and kind of really, really interesting to see everybody grow um, in terms of what I work with. Cool. So we, we, we've pretty much got the UK, the US, Australia, um, New Zealand. Hopefully we'll get China soon. <laughs> what, what's happening where you guys are at the moment? Are you in isolation? Because here in Sydney at the minute, probably imminent in two to three days that we're going to lockdown, but we can still go out at the moment just as certain few things are closed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard something um, like Australia is almost the same as New Zealand. We're all in isolation. We're in our own houses now. We have to stay in our bubbles. Mm. But then I heard something that made me giggle. It's like the yeah, Australians are allowed, to, they're told to stay at home. It's been strongly suggested to stay at home, but they're allowed to go to the hairdressers for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. We've, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What well, can you get done in 30 minutes? I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Emma. Hey, and it's the same okay. in Europe. They're letting hairdressers stay open in Europe as well. How did they? How did hairdressers make the cut? They make the cut. You see what you did there. <laughs> did there? No. They're shut down here. They're not allowed to anymore. There's this big campaign that everyone's saying: show your roots, stand up for your hairdressers. <laughs> they're, they're all taking photos. It's going to be a catastrophe. People are going to mm. be an absolute state, aren't they? Like walking around, yeah. like out of shape, weird hair. Actually, be, uh, my body I'm more worried about to be perfectly honest <laughs> <laughs> let's keep the pun let's keep the hairdresser puns going I'm just getting into this now <laughs> I've got a question for you all so pretty much um, a lot about the campaign being mental health awareness and, and showcasing influential public figures like yourself what a lot of people tend to see on your social medias and the Les Mills social medias is the finished product was when you started out your love for fitness there or was it something that grew and what's the process been for yourself in terms of falling in love with fitness and your mental health towards that and well-being and why you're so passionate about bringing it across to other people we'll go to uh dan first yeah cool i guess the collective thing that i'm seeing in the industry right now is uncertainty there's an there's a there's a level of uncertainty um, with themselves, with uh, them being able to pay their bills at the same time, still being able to connect with their members and express their love for the industry. And that's through group fitness or personal training. And I alluded to it before around flexible behavior or having behavioral flexibility. And it's really times like this where when we can change our perspective, as a result, we can certainly change our projection. And really, that's all it is. Perception is projection. And what might be right for you is right for you. There's no right or wrong. What's true for you is, is true for you. 
and and we go through that emotional roller coaster of just need to make sure my family's safe. I've got to have I got everything I need stocked, and then it becomes that that group the loop of oh I've got an idea we could do this. Oh, what about everybody else? And before you know it, they go back to that whole, but how am I going to do this on my own? And it's just a roller coaster of emotions. Mm. And when you take a moment to center yourself, to write your thoughts down, this is a, is a really great exercise to do and really focus on what you want. What is it that you want and be realistic. And so for example, I want to be a helicopter pilot. Have you ever had a lesson? No. When do you want to be a pilot by? Next week. Okay. It's not a realistic goal. And so what do you really want to do and how can you truly impact and positively influence the people around you in the service of others? Still anchoring yourself to your own emotions. Be, you've got to be honest with yourself. Am I afraid? Am I scared? Am I feeling uneasy? Do I still feel this level of uncertainty? Yes. Because if you didn't feel like that, you'd be a bit of a robot, right? And so it's understanding that However, not actioning on those emotions. Yeah. And so when you absolutely open yourself to change, change really can happen. And so this is why doing things like this, where you can get like-minded people together, high level thinking, adaptive thinking, some abstract thinking, speak to your family, your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones, do whatever it is that you've got to do to come up with some collective ideas of what you can do in the service of others as well as your family. And we'll go to Tommy. I know you, um, look, I was, I did my, uh, my research here, Tommy, mate. You are the <laughs> author of a book called Back Yourself, Challenged Confidence. So you talk yes. about personal development and bridging that gap. Can you expand on that? Yeah, what a time to be uh, bridging that gap. So I think there's, um, there's a level of thinking amongst people, which is very much growth mindset, very much about, doing what you can to understand how you feel very similar to what Dan's just said. And then there's like everybody else. And I think sometimes it can be quite intimidating for somebody who hasn't been exposed to the world of personal development much. Um, who's been very much fixed in their mindset most of their life to then open up to this world of what you think you shall receive and all these things that, that we hear about and the law of attraction and stuff like that. And it can seem like, you're going into this land of kind of almost woo-woo-ness and um, bridging the gap, I think is more important than ever because, you know, we're all here because we're all, we care about health, but in particular, we care about mental health and we're at, we're ambassadors and advocates for that message. And so the reason why that book exists is because I wanted to make it possible for people to open the door so that they could then go in to learn from people that are far more intelligent than I am, far more qualified than I am. But at least I can open the door by making it as simple as possible for them to get started in that world. Because right now, you know, it's ironic, the, the banner's behind me, but only because the wall is an absolute state. I'm in my sort of bunker in the garage. It's a horrible color. Um, but the banner's there and it is about transforming challenge into confidence. And we all have challenges. The challenges that we all face are equal in weight in each of us in comparison. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, and the, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is there's so much out there that can actually help people to release their challenge and turn it into confidence, but they may never find it. And uh, that's why the bridge is so important. I think in this time that we're in now, the challenges that we're all facing, it's, 
It's almost like a game of Connect Four and the bottom's been taken off and the whole lot's just dropped down. It's a reset. We can start again. We can figure out where we want to put our little markers, what we want to do, where's our, where's our attention going to be. And I just really, really hope that we and everyone else watching this as well can do whatever we can to show people that it's possible. And, you know, this book's just one in a million ways to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in, mate. This is, uh, this is the time when we have to show up brighter than ever. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll just expand it on, on towards the social media aspect. How have you guys... Um, well, as I say, a lot of people see the end results when you guys are on stage and they see all the amazing shows that you put on and Les Mills International. What is that process in terms of when everyone sees that finished product and people look at it and attribute their self-worth to it and think, oh, I want to be there. Can you just talk us through kind of how long it's taken you? Like it's not a quick fix and it's not a quick, you know, there's so many people that want the quick road to success. But we'll, we'll go to say, Rachel, you can start. Um, how long is the actual process that you had to put in that work? And that attributes, again, to mindset and perspective. And Yeah, thanks, Glenn. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the finished product is as polished as that we can make it. And in order to be beautiful, we get super ugly. <laughs> I mean, the reality is this. For every release that's put out, it takes 12 weeks from yay to go right or go to, from no to go and yay to hey whatever the metaphor is that i just mixed <laughs> um and initially it's it's a battle of um a, a playlist who can you know bring find the best songs and then collaborate to this playlist and then once the playlist has been decided on and does anybody here understand what it's like to make a playlist because everybody has different musical taste so fun in fact this is a challenge. I challenge everybody in isolation to make a playlist and then get it approved by every single person in the room and go, yeah, that's the right order. Yeah, I definitely put that song next. Oh, yeah, that's the best song. It's like, <laughs> welcome to our world. I think you should slow the jabs down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the next move. I can't wait. It's the joy of the feedback loop. And Emma's right. Emma was there with us from the very beginning. I turned up as a... Very young, very green, naive, wide-eyed little instructor, trainer. And um, I got, you know, the, the keys handed to me and my, myself and Dan. And we really sort of had to learn how to drive from each other. We had all the skills, we had all the tools, but it's ugly. The reality is it's ugly. You know, there's a lot of um, teaching rubbish. You guys that teach, that are possibly watching this, that are used to teaching polished, great choreography. In order to get like that, it's really, really rubbish first. And my heart breaks when I teach rubbish choreography and I can see people in front of me going, really? <laughs> really, is this it? And then the fear on their eyes that, oh, please don't let this be the track. And then the negotiation that goes on in the headspace afterwards, during and uh, listening to each other's feedback. So yeah, it's... Oh, so then I can, I, I suppose I can ask a question when we as instructors teach classes and maybe we don't get the feedback or the appreciation that we thought we did a really good class. What is that like for you guys when you're stood in front of maybe your peers who saying yes or no to your playlist? How, how did you learn to overcome those kind of obstacles and not see it as a self-worth going, oh, actually, I thought I did a pretty damn bloody good job. And they're saying it's shit. 
<laughs> Same thing, but at a higher level. So how do you manage that? Um, Emma, you started out. How, how do you? Yeah, so look, look at it as a negotiation. It's always hard because, as Dan said before, you know, each, each person comes with their perspective. But I think the most powerful thing we can take, and I think we're getting this lesson right now as we all sit in our garages and, and whatever, and is that is to really take stock. And, and in order to improve, we have to open and we have to step into that, that um, feeling of feedback and that welcoming of it. And you know when a person doesn't want feedback. Um, and then if you're semi-closed, that, that never changes as, as a person or as an instructor. So I think there's a couple of things with this. So first of all, you have to have very thick skin to be a, a, a program director or anyone who takes on feedback, especially when you're delivering a global product. I travel a lot, 53 international flights last year, Every country is different. There's a different number one playlist happening. There's different social nuances happening. There's different, uh, they're at a different life cycle. I mean, if you watch the rollout of boutiques, they're only just beginning to hit places like Stockholm. They've been in, in, in London and they've been in New York and LA for many years now, but they're just beginning to hit the rest of the world. Now, that's a good analogy for absolutely every piece of a release the music the moves the complexity um what's cool what everyone's singing these things are all different so it's a very very challenging role two things you've got to be really really strong in yourself to actually know have a bit of a barometer inside to know when you've done a good job and when you're doing your best and i think those are those are different things what does the world think what do i think and then you know what what is the reality around it so you know it's it's and then when you're learning the release, that's a whole different skill set. And that's something else I learned once I stepped out of choreography and more into receiving it in the market. I mean, these guys will tell you, you you'll roll into somewhere like Brazil. And those guys can like learn something in one listen because they're really good at copying what was given them. These guys are really good at creating something that doesn't exist yet. Now, that's why it's so hard. It doesn't exist yet. We live in the delusion that it's actually easy to pull this stuff together. Not that many people have that higher quality skill to be able to to create something that does not exist I, I have this conversation all day long people say oh I'm really innovative and I'm kind of like no you're actually sitting in the middle of a trend that's really got trucks going that way it's actually easy to create in that environment it's not easy when it doesn't exist yet you know it's never the music hasn't been cut the moves haven't been put together the sequences haven't been done the you know how, how much on how much off so it's a real process and it's all challenging on how you feel about yourself because we tend to take everything personally so I find the biggest focus is and the guys are very good at this what is it like to receive what is it like for the people in the class who can actually do it who's experiencing success and as soon as you flick that lens um, I think that's the you know that's the groundbreaking moment is um, you know creating for who you're creating it for rather than yourself you've got to get beyond yourself I, I think is what I'm trying to say yeah so yeah it's a big process and, and, and going towards um, everybody, if they receive a no, or again, going towards their self-worth. Um, Ricky, to go up and, and get towards that presenter level, have you come across your setbacks as well with no's and then how you've changed your mindset if you get that? Um, we obviously know um, the physical benefits towards exercise, but again, towards the campaign and mental health, how have you set yourself up in good stead with perspective uh, perspective and then yeah just working on your self-worth and your your motivation if someone says no I mean to get towards that level of being a presenter you have to go through a lot of challenges yourself how have you done it what's your story I think for anyone when 
you know, you're progressing towards anything, it's important, yes, you have the end goal in sight, but you're always focused on what you're doing there and then. So, you know, to talk in our language, yes, you might want to be the presenter standing at the quarterly workshop um, with the crowd in front of you and, you know, be, being the man, be, being the, the leader of what's in front of you. But that's not what's important. You know, what's important is what's happening on your day-to-day -day basis. So what you're doing in your Monday night class, your Wednesday night class, or, you know, that, you know, that Friday morning class at 5.30 a.m. and it's cold and there's three people there and... Like it's not really the most happiest of mornings for you on the way there. But when you get there, it's what you do there is what's important. And I think as long as you're always trying to make those experiences better, those classes better, ultimately where that that will where you go will kind of take care of itself. Um and you'll be, you know, you'll be picked up for the right reasons, you'll be mentored by the right people um, and then it's down to the second part of your question it's it's putting your trust in them so as when they give you you know when they give you the harsh feedback if we can call harsh feedback harsh feedback um that you trust what they're saying and and you you kind of you almost do it out of trust and you know love that they're doing it for the right reasons mm -hmm. um and kind of almost try to understand it either later or as you're doing it rather than right at that time um so so i think to summarize that is maybe have your big goal focus on what you're doing at that time and you just you, you find that mentor who you know you can put your trust and faith in preferably somebody who's been there done that seen it yeah and who's 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 got one of the best stories where they've been told no <laughs> when so that people can connect and resonate with it that so everyone again attributing to your social media and what we see we see you all the lights the camera the action but can anyone remember a time when they had their dreams and they got told no anyone got all of us, right yeah it's got to be all of us <laughs> <laughs> lots of times yeah <laughs> even dan yeah yeah, at the very beginning of my career, look, I, I didn't even want to be an aerobic instructor. Mm. I, I thought I thought being an aerobic instructor was was stupid. I thought it was a silly industry. I thought it was long socks and leotards and little shorts and string vests, and all of a sudden I was wearing it and I was loving it. <laughs> and it, and it was either that I was either going to work on the oil rigs or I was going to be a firefighter. And the oil rigs was I wanted to do because that's where all the money was. And they had like a, like a six-week cycle, six weeks on, 10 days off or whatever. And I had just sort of missed the boat, as it were. There's a pun for you. <laughs> and, and so I said, oh, okay, the University of Westminster, I'll, I'll, do this, I'll do this sort of you know, thing for British Amateur Weightlifting Association and the exercise to music. And then I did it and I passed and that was awesome. And I went straight to, I remember... Um, some really quite high spec back then, Emma. It was a, like a Canon's health club. We were talking like it was the 90s, right? It was sometime in the 90s. And, yeah, the, the group coordinator at the time, they, they've changed their name since then, of course, to group fitness managers and et cetera. And she just looked at me and she just said, no. She actually said this. She said, no, thank you. And go away until you've go away and come back until you've got more experience. 
and I thought, hmm, all I heard was need experience. That's really all I took from the conversation. And so I started at a place called Leatherhead Leisure Centre and just kept persevering. And I love what Tommy's saying about backing yourself and Ricky saying being in the moment now. It's, you're going to get knockbacks. I mean, how, for the people that are watching right now, how many times have you heard the word no just in the last three days? Mm. True or true, right? And, and it's in some areas, feedback, it really can build us. And in this type of industry where they may look at, at work that we're, hasn't yet been invented, it's not personal. It's business. You know, it's because we're creating a product for the global market and it needs to be right. It needs to be right for everybody in terms of there is this thing around simplicity. And I'll say this, to make something really simple and streamline, that's really hard. That's a really difficult, challenging thing to do. I'll just leave that with you for a while. And that'll go to my next question then for each of you. Quickly, we'll go through each one of you. If you weren't doing what you were doing today, what do you think you'd be doing? Emma? I always was fascinated by architecture. I would love to be designing spaces. Uh, yeah, still creative, but something like that. That's what I'd love to be doing if it wasn't this. Rachel? Um, so I grew up with only boy cousins and a brother and all my friends on the street were boys. So basically I was convinced I was going to be a professional footballer and I was going to play for Man United. <clears throat> I'd like to think that that was still a possibility. And, um, <laughs> and I mean, I literally was this, this close to David Beckham at one point when he came and was contracted out to Preston North End up the PNE. So yeah, I, I, something in sport, definitely. And oh, Thomas disappeared. Ricky? Um, I've always been involved in sport. I was that kid when I was 14. I was lying to the gym to get in because you have to be 16 to work in the gym at that point or even be in the gym. Um, so if I didn't end up working in the gym, I would have been a, a football coach. I was big into football back, you know, <laughs> similar to uh, similar to Rachel. Um, I, I have those dreams of playing for Man United as well. Um, was lucky enough at one point to have trials with uh, football clubs. Never got picked, knee injuries, back injuries, you know the story. Um, but yeah, I, I would be in football, coaching probably kids uh, and youth teams. Nice, mate. And Tommy? So um, the answer would be, I think I'd probably be in the armed forces, actually. Don't have any uh, family, uh, really, that are or were. But I think it would suit um me personally i think being in a role where i could help lead people and help develop people um but seamless link here a little bit of a uh, trivia the one of the reasons why i'm in the fitness industry um my mother is still in the fitness industry she's done 30 years now on the front line of fitness and uh her sister lives in new zealand and um she came over to visit one day and she she gave me a poster and it had dan cohen on <laughs> and she was like you've got to do body combat you've got to do this thing it's called body combat I'll, I'll send you a video so she mailed me um body combat 30 on a dvd 
And she was like, learn that. Cause I was coming out to New Zealand. So she was like, learn that. That's what I did. And then, you know, I, I did a little stint out there as well. Um, but yeah, that marks would be armed forces. And then just a little bit of trivia for you that, Hey guys, you've been part of my, well, many, many of you, or pretty much all of you have been a part of my journey. And Matt, who obviously isn't with us, he's obviously got the wrong day or something. Um, <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's awesome to be here to be fair. And you know, the universe brings these things and Glenn, you've, you've made it happen, mate. So again, just massively grateful for, for all of it. Jeez. I reckon Maddie T had a bender last night because they've been in lockdown for eight weeks. So yeah. I reckon that's what happened to him. Well, that's what I'm going to tell oh. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I said I'd keep it around 40 minutes. So what I'll do, first of all, um, we've got about four minutes on here left. So I want to thank each and every one of you for taking time out to actually come to it. What I will ask if um, each of you can go through quickly is whilst you are on lockdown or isolation mode, what are a couple of things or one thing each that you're doing at the minute for your mindset? And if there's any instructors out there listening, um, what they can be doing at this time. I mean, whether that be going virtual, there are some um, questions that are coming through. There's quite a lot, obviously, with you guys all on. So I'm going to shoot them through separately. Um, so if you've got time just to answer those, because there's a lot coming through my socials. Um, cool. But yeah, we'll just go quickly through with Emma first. Great. So I'm doing a shout out every day. I think what's really important is that we reach out to the people that we affect and to do that in a really positive way because this is going to pass. So my big shout out is calm, stay calm, C-A-L-M. So see, connect, reach out to people every day. Maybe a great time to reconnect with people you haven't who just pop to mind. You know, just really reach out to a few people each day. Second thing is act. Do something that's going to help someone else. And in, that, in the doing of that, it keeps you moving forward and you feel great about yourself and you help that other person. L is for laugh. Comedy's never been so good. I live in the United States. The documentaries and um, CNN are as funny as the uh, comedy shows right now, especially with our famous leader. So laugh every day. There's so much great content on YouTube. And then the last one, of course, is move. So, you know, fight so much interesting stuff. And I'm just watching, you know, because I belong to almost every boutique in the world and everyone is live streaming and people are loving it because it's contextual. So, you know, obviously Les Mills is giving away, um, they've given away free digital content for everyone who's a partner with the brand which is absolutely phenomenal speaking with Clyde the other day I mean he told me some very big numbers of people that were using that platform or they're loving being at the local gym so calm stay calm cool Dan yeah for me there's there's two things one is keep a routine it's great for for your for your mental stability and that routine might be External or internal, for me, I've tried something that I had never purposely done before and I'm now on day eight where I have watched the sun rise and watched the sun set every day. And so I call that my eye cup. And so I just take a small opportunity to fill or start to fill a little bit of my eye cup because I know that there's a lot of my, my cups being drained right now. And then secondly is connected. So to stay even more connected in this disconnected world. And so that's taking on the Les Mills values of being brave, one tribe, change the world. And even take a moment of just writing down, like, what does that even mean to me? What does one tribe mean to me? What does being brave mean to me? What does change the world mean to me? Well, I'm going to put that question to Rachel, Tommy and Ricky as well, because this Zoom is telling me we've got literally like 30 seconds to go. Um, 
So I just, again, want to thank everybody. I'm going to shoot some Q&As over to you. So if you've got time today during isolation, you can answer them and shoot them back to me and I'll chuck them through socials. But again, guys, it's been amazing. Can't thank you enough for coming on. Thank you. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.